Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always is Ethan Carter. What's going on, Vincent? The usual. I know, yeah. It's Monday night, the usual. Yeah, screen on a Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much the way it goes. So single week. (laughs) So I I just have, as I heard you uh, do the intro, so I was on uh, Stephen's podcast, uh, the Maker Town Hall this past week. And before you got on um, and before we hit uh, uh, record, uh, he said, asked about the podcast and I just like explained it using your intro and i i think i did it pretty perfectly and i was so bummed that we didn't have on it recorded <laughs> and that you didn't hear it because i was like he's gonna be so proud of me but also i'm really happy you didn't hear it because i never want you to make me do that ever so <laughs> <laughs> i want to give i want to almost give steven a little bit of ribbing for that like how do you not have it recorded Come on, Stephen, what are you doing? he's getting started yeah no it was funny though it was like yeah it was we were we were 10 15 minutes in and and there's like oh wait uh there's no red red thing in the corner uh, upper corner uh so we started over but i'm very I, i'll tell you what and i mean this from the bottom of my heart Stephen had me on as a guest mm-hmm. um so that's coming up I, I think he already said that i was coming up on a pri- on bruce's episode yeah he did yeah yeah, yeah. He mentioned on the episode with bruce so i'm the next episode that drops not and I'm after that. that. Not the next one that records. Yeah, and then Ethan. Yeah. Um, and I, it was a lot of fun, Stephen. I'm, I know I am absolutely breaking your cojones about not having it recording, but that's, yeah. that's well-mannered um, ribbing, and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, it's, it's I, again, I think, like, again, I came into it with a seasoned podcaster, and so, like, I, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to get it going myself yeah, or and, any of this. So, and to yeah. his credit, to his credit, he's doing something way more ambitious. Like, he's doing actual video. Right, right. Which yep. I'm impressed it, with, with like bystander. You know, uh, yeah, everyone's welcome a, with a studio audience. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, go check I, him out. I mean, get, you know, get, get, you know, he's uh, he's doing it good. He's got he's uh, he has a lot of our previous guests or. Uh, or our friends um mm-hmm. as guests i know, know which is kind of cool yeah nick uh nick dead uh build dead build nick is, is tomorrow uh night. is tomorrow as we record this yeah. is tomorrow night yeah i saw that mm-hmm. like wow steven you're getting he got a i don't want to spoil it because he hasn't mentioned but um he got a big get also. oh did he awesome he got a really big get i'm, oh, I'm happy, for happy for him yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome and that's not to say none of us are big gets but i know my place in the world and i'm right, not right. as big a get as the person he got so this yep. is really really cool. oh, that's awesome good for him you know while we're plugging and i know we have a guest and i'm sorry we're being a little bit rude but while we're doing plugs of people that have started new things our friend grant alexander also started yep. a new podcast and they are rocking it they are on i think they're on episode four as a, we record this it's and i feel horrible i haven't i have not listened to it yet but uh but it's good yeah they gave us a shout out today actually tonight apparently yeah it's yeah. in the instagram but i don't know because it hasn't hit their feed yet it's like oh really you tease <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's really cool so yeah. um we're gonna be listening to that and they're doing a good job i'm good impressed it's i'm like, not surprised wow. but yeah three three disparate people from you know one from america's hat one from the cat dog country and another from hawaii it's like wow that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they all got hooked hooked up. Yeah, know? I I don't. Th- you know, it's funny. They they never gave us the origins. Okay, they, so guys, if you're on your fourth episode, fit, you got to do an origin. Yeah, at some point, we yeah. gotta know. I mean, everybody knows the Ethan and Vincent story. <laughs> we say that a lot, but <laughs> but we do say that a lot. They know the story, and then we tell it. 
Yeah. We like to talk about the podcast a lot. A lot. Yeah. Well, a we lot. tell our guests because they don't know, necessarily know the story. So. <laughs> so speaking of guests that are important to origin stories. Yes. Just in case you need a filler, where there is one guest who comes on every 25 episodes. It was by accident and it just became a thing after he was on on episode 25. He was the only guest that's ever come on twice. Now he'll be the only guest that ever came on three times. The inspiration for the podcast, the one and only Dave Swiduck. Hey Welcome guys, aboard, Dave. Hey, <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a good, you know, origin story, like in a world where the origin <laughs> stories are, <laughs> but I couldn't, well, it, I couldn't think of a good rest of the story, so I, <laughs> I just I, waited. The, the, the only thing I don't like about having you on is that you've got like the best radio voice ever, <laughs> it and it's just like, like rank amateurs. Right. <laughs> uh, thank you. I was listening, so I was telling, I was telling Ethan, I went back and I listened to episode one. Um, Right before we hit our we hit our one year anniversary, yeah, and I realized just how horrendous I sounded, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out why it sounded so bad. And I was telling Ethan, I was like, "Oh well, yeah, you know what it was? It was just I didn't realize I didn't have any lung capacity when we did that oh, episode." I yeah, and I said, "My voice is way up high, and it sounded like I was sitting on my diaphragm, and it was really, really funny." <laughs> so, how you been? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Been just enjoying following you guys along. I mean, how lucky are you two weeks in a row? You get a David. I know. (laughs) You know how I, you know, when I noticed that when I was editing the show notes and it was like, we get to talk to David and I was like, Oh, oh, wait. Erase Pachuto, put Swiduck. Yeah, that works. <laughs> well, I, I think he's going to probably be the, the far more well-known and, and appreciated in this space. But, hey, I'm happy to Until be here. Until this episode, always. man. Well, Until and, this episode. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, it's funny you mention that because I know, you know, I, I was kind of trying to get it out of Vincent earlier. But he, he tells me you have a just a massive topic, Ethan, that you wanted to ask me about. And... I, I, he won't tell me what it is, so I'm really curious to see. He said you've got something big you wanted to discuss. Uh, I can't wait to hear what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. We were expecting so we were expecting like the Ethan sweat. Like we were expecting you right. to hold sweat when you got yeah, that yeah. question. I can imagine your heart just racing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to tell Ethan you had some big topic that, that you wanted is... to discuss, and let's see what happens. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I just came out and admitted that I didn't know because uh, man. really good. Uh, it was really that was good. good. That was good. Well played, guys. Well played. Good job. I, I had to have some fun with it because you know I, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of in that weird space for you guys in in this audience where I love following along, I love listening, but I. I just really don't make things that often as far as the same kind of stuff you guys do. I mean, I'm in the photo world. I'm in the writing and in podcasting world, of course, but general yeah, creativity. But see, I think, yeah, I think that, and yeah, I, th- I mean, I guess we are more heavily weighted to making, mm-hmm. you know, but, but again, I, I, I think this podcast is about making creativity you know it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's about i think you absolutely fit into it but yeah it's you know as guests wise and what, <laughs> yeah. what guests have done you yeah. won't find me on a youtube channel i mean i'm right, out there right. and it's old but i don't ever point anyone to it because it's <laughs> not no one that good. knows where to find it but it's there if you look yeah, <laughs> well, we, do, yeah. we do love the photographers though we've got True. you we have tabitha mm-hmm. you know um, Ant was on, and, right? yeah, Ant Pruitt, and so you know, definitely mad respect for what you guys do. We so. have, we have at some point, if she ever gets her website running, Sarah's going to come on. Mm. Oh, nice! There you go, Sarah. 
There's your um, there's your plug. Let's yes. see. Let's see if she listens. <laughs> let's see if she listens. Because I I told her a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, hey, why don't you come on? She's like, well, you know, I'm working on my new website, so I want to have it completely up and running before I come on. I'm like, okay, when you have it ready, you let us know, and we will have you on. And <laughs> so if she's anything like me, it'll be a year and a half from now. Yeah. And... So like two years from now, after convincing from her boyfriend or whatever, it'll be like. Um, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go on that podcast that I told him I was gonna come on. Because right. that's what it takes, right? It takes your significant other to convince you to actually be a maker these days. Yep, so could be. We yeah, had, we have. Um, we don't actually have a topic to discuss with Mm-mm. Dave tonight. Heck, it's no. funny. Dave, Dave is the kind of guest that actually just stands on his own. But well, no pressure. It's, 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 I mean. No, but it is it is funny. It's like it, there there are weeks when I'm like last week I was super anxious just because it was who it was, right? And then there's other weeks where I'm like, you know, I just I don't know how it's gonna go. I, I don't know if I have the right question, you know, whatever. And then like when you come on, it's just like, all right, this is gonna be nice, and relaxing. Like, yeah, we can just have, it's just like, just having another just ha- another yeah. mic. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. It's 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 really fun. So. There, awesome. there is something I did want to talk to you about, though. Let's hear um, it. Because we kind of broached it with Dave Petrudo. Yeah, and yeah. And it's a little bit different with it's a little bit different with you, but in this in a similar um, arena. Mm-hmm. With Dave talked a lot about um, finding motivation during the whole Corona thing and finding the motivation to get down to the shop. And I even said in my last May for Makers, which I don't know if Ethan saw because he hasn't said anything. So either I've not, I've not, I've been slacking on mm. all YouTube. So yeah. So either he's really weirded out, or but I did say that if um, at one point I did say that if I hadn't found a co-host, that this podcast wouldn't be anywhere near as regimented as it is. Uh-huh. Where I would be recording it on like a, you know, if I'm releasing on Wednesday morning, I'd be recording it very early on Wednesday morning <laughs> and then releasing it five minutes after I recorded it. <laughs> Um, you have gone through with, um, uh, not so much adventures in creativity, but with, um, digital soup, you guys just threw, since last we spoke, yeah, you just threw the format like in the garbage and said, we're just doing something else. Yeah. And I mean, I admire anyone like I, we've talked at length about Evan and Caitlin changing the way they do their videos. We mm-hmm. talked about, we talked with David about you know, him going to more of the, I'm just going to do things I enjoy rather than cranking out a woodworking video every right. week. You guys went from a geek and tech culture podcast mm-hmm. to, I'm, I'm, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't know, like, you guys are just kind of doing a fun, weird question, kind of a, I, I guess Digital Soup is a really good name for it now That's because right. it's just everything. So, where did this idea of answering questions you didn't ask even come from? <laughs> I mean, it's, I got to say, and, and like I said, I've told you on multiple occasions, sure. I enjoy it. So I'm right. not saying this is someone no, who no. doesn't enjoy it. Where in God's name did you get the idea that this was going to be a good idea? All because right. So I would be terrified to do this. Well, we're fearless, first off. Clearly. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to pretend to sound like I'm confident here. But <laughs> no, what, what it was, we. We started Digital Soup. It was it was myself, the best man in my wedding, my best friend Jason, and uh, a mutual friend of ours, Adam. Adam and I didn't really we knew each other, but didn't know. I mean, we weren't close friends. It was more of an acquaintance thing. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, we're we're in this winter. We'll hit four years, and so we started it. And those two had the idea of let's do a tech podcast, and they asked me to come on and 
you want to join us? And I said, well, maybe, but I was, I, I mean, I, I love tech and I'm into tech, but when you start talking about getting deep dives on motherboards and RAM and all this stuff, my eyes glaze over. I know it, <laughs> but I, I just, it's not my thing. And so I was like, well, I, right. I can pop on every now and then. And they wanted me to maybe talk about like photo stuff and gear and, you know, whatever. We did the first episode and, and I was like, nope, this is it. Once I saw how it was going to be. And we really got into that, you know, kind of tech news stories, um, our thoughts on, you know, different geek culture stuff, movies, gaming, all that kind of stuff. And we loved it. But then, unfortunately, into uh, the year last year, right as the year started, right in there somewhere, Jason had to step away. He had some personal things going on. And unfortunately, Adam and I were left there going, okay, well, what are we going to do with this thing? And we knew we could just keep doing what we were doing. But we started looking at it and saying, okay, well, we love Jason to death. He's, you know, he's the best friend of both of us. And we don't want to disrespect that at all. But if we're going to make a change, now's the time to do it because there's a, a shakeup with the host. It's going to be just Adam and I. Let's do something that kind of just feels more authentic to us, you know, as if we were just right. calling each other on the phone, chatting about random stuff that we, you know, chat about. And so after a, a many weeks of, you know, bouncing ideas. I mean, we tried a couple things. We love to do a music-oriented uh, podcast because we're both musicians. But without being able to play the music, well, we can do it if we want to just violate copyright laws. But we, <laughs> we don't want to do that. So without being able to do that, we said, well, it was fun, but it, it doesn't really feel the same without being able to play the music at the same time. And so we were thinking about some other things. And one thing that that would happen is that we would kind of bounce, especially Adam would bounce like, random questions like oh what about this every now and then in previous episodes and he goes what if we just took that and then I, I said well what about this idea of doing these top 10 lists where we can that's kind of the focus we're just going to answer random questions that we find interesting out on the internet or if listeners want to send them in we're happy to answer those too and then that's the first half of the episode the second half we're tackling a top 10 list some random list i mean we're not limiting it to tech and geek culture anymore, even though we love that stuff and that stuff still comes up. But I mean, we've talked about everything from mythological monsters to, <laughs> you know, news events that happened Booted and barbecues. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did top barbecue foods and, you know, different things like that. And it was just a kind of an organic thing saying, you know what? Now's the time to make the shift. We had a shake up of the host and let's just try something. And whatever we decided on, we're going to stick with it for at least three months, we figured. And okay. so far, it's been good. I mean, the reaction's been fun. And anytime you make a change, you see a little drop in listeners and you see some things move around. And, of course, COVID hit, and so listens were down, you know? I yeah. don't know of a single podcast that was doing well during the COVID period. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you guys, if anyone listening to this has a podcast and your podcast was doing really well, mm -hmm. let me know what you did because... No, I, can't, I mean... My just me personally. I mean, I went from yeah. having a commute of an hour yeah. and a half every day, uh, both uh, you know, both ways, mm -hmm. to to having no commute. And yeah. you know, I, I and I am I'm not a huge podcast in the shop. I do now because I just miss some of my podcasts. But <laughs> I know for me, I like I I my podcast listening probably went from like you know probably six or seven a week mm -hmm. to to maybe one or two at most. Right. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same way. Come yeah. up pulling back the kimono as I like to do. Our numbers completely tanked mm -hmm. for yeah. a month and a half. Like I'm not surprised. I mean, we would hit. We were hitting numbers 
for a week that we were hitting on our first and second days. Like right. It was taking a week to get to our old right. numbers. So, and yeah. I was really surprised by that. I really was. I was like, wow, I figured people would mm-hmm. be home and they'd have time on their hands. But no, really, commuting is the preferred time for yeah. podcast listening. It, and I was not prepared for that. Right. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I was listening to... Um, there's a there's a show I listen to called the Podcasters Roundtable. It's I don't listen every week. It's one if their topic is interesting, I'll jump in. And it's a bunch mm-hmm. of these industry experts, you could say. And mm-hmm. they were breaking down numbers in a recent episode through this um, pandemic. And in the U.S., there was a massive drop in numbers. Over in Europe and in some of those markets over there, they actually saw a pretty significant uptick. Just a difference in cultures. Very weird. You know, I don't think people commute as much over odd. there. You know, you, so you they, see a lot more people uh, walking or biking to work, but a lot of people weren't listening during a two-hour car ride round trip, you know. Interesting. Yeah. That, so. that, that could explain why all of a sudden in Poland we are like the number 23 <laughs> in our category. Like, it's unbelievable. It's like just such an odd thing. And I know we have one very loyal listener from mm-hmm. Poland who's actually reviewed the podcast I don't know. Apparently, he got all his friends to listen. <laughs> Nothing wrong no, with that. But that is interesting, though, because I would imagine if you, if you listen when you were walking or sure. whatever, yeah. that's, I don't know, I, I feel like that is more conducive to just doing things around the house or doing, yep. you know, whatever. Is You're more used to putting it on your headphones and listening to it. And that, I think that was a big thing for me is I'm used to listening to it in the car and yep. outside of my shop. I, like I'm not going to listen to it in my office, my home office, while I work, and yeah. just because it doesn't feel natural, right? I I can't listen to podcasts while I'm working or or doing something that I got to pay attention to because ultimately I want to just stop doing what I'm doing and just focus on the podcast, right? Right, and and that's the that's the problem. But I did, you know, I can think in the last two three years, I've listened to one podcast at home in all that time. The rest is in my car, and it it was this show. When I was homesick with pneumonia, um, just recently in the, the last few months here, I I linked up my Spotify and had it running through my Roku device and was was chilling on the couch trying to get better and, and listening to you guys. So that was a I different know. experience, but well, it was that's it was probably pretty why it awesome. took you a couple of that's probably why it took you a couple of weeks to get better. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, no. I know I know my place in this world, and it ain't yeah. making people better. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing though. You guys, I mean. I noticed like there was a little at the beginning when you first changed formats, it was a little um stiff. A little awkward. Yeah, yeah, it was a little stiff and a little bit like um the transitions were weird. And mm-hmm. and I told you not so I didn't talk to you about the last one, but the one before. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you guys really just nailed it. Cause I remember being in the shop. What what I love is you guys drop on Friday, which means yep. that most of the time when I'm listening to your podcast, it's Saturdays when I'm in the <laughs> shop. And I was listening to him like damn, this is a good episode. Like, this is like, they've really gotten this wacky format that's just (laughs) eclectic and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And now it's just kind of starting. It went from being an idea and a format to a show. Yeah. Like, I'm starting to get it now. Like, you guys have, like, you position your your main list at the end now. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I'm getting it now. It's starting to... It's clicking for me, and I'm enjoying yeah. it. Like, oh yeah, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm screaming back at like, you forgot, blah blah. blah. <laughs> uh, this is what they want. This is what they want. They exactly. Want that, yeah, you want me to do the list along with you in my head, and like, yep. wait, what do you mean dry rub? Screw dry rub. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, dry rub sucks. <laughs> you know, I, Vincent. I mean, we've talked about we talked about it a couple weeks ago on the uh, Makers 
uh, having coffee on Zoom, whatever. Ah, mm-hmm. Why am I this? But um, where it, it's it's about uh, audience expectations, right? Right. So like, so if audience wants to know what to expect, and that doesn't mean that it has to be niche. Mm-hmm. It just so if you if your audience expects you to be all over the place or have you know you know, wide varieties of top 10 lists and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. If they expect that, then they'll, then they'll be there. They'll, they'll come and they'll listen. If they're expecting one thing and you're giving them something else, it's going to take a while to transition them and get them on board to expect that. And you're going to lose some and you're going to gain some. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you, like, if you guys were to have a guest now that, that wouldn't work. No. Like if you would have a guest that that wasn't participating in the thing, like if you were to do an interview now, it'd be like, wait, come on guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just throw an interview in here now. Yeah, and like, you know, with Digital Soup, it really is, Adam and I, we both do our own shows respectively as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, So I've got Adventures in Creativity, which I've been doing now two years, I think it is, um, just about two years. And he does Yesterday Sci-Fi, and we, we both kind of, you know, we take those shows very seriously, and they're, they're kind of, you know, I've, I've, I'm kind of in a groove, I'm, I'm kind of looking at changing things up as well, I'm not sure where it's going, but... It was a case where Digital Soup was our chance for us, like much like you guys, you look forward to that time, yeah, you know. And, and right. usually, it's funny because you guys record Monday night, like we're doing right now. Usually, Digital Soup is recording uh, Monday nights, also, so it's it's kind of a Monday night hang for everybody. But um, yeah, you know, we we look forward to it. And we thought, you know what, we we do Digital Soup as a way to just kind of unwind to enjoy having conversation with each other because we've become very good friends and mm-hmm. um it also was something like you know we we don't expect we for a while i guess you know how you kind of get wrapped up and you think maybe maybe there's a chance i can bring this and make this thing pop and make it huge and you kind of lose sight of why you were doing anything in the first place right. which mm-hmm. directly ties to any any making any creativity you guys see it all the time with makers on YouTube where YouTube in particular yeah, yeah they get into it because they love making and someone convinces them or they see enough other makers with YouTube channels and think I better do that too and next thing right. you know much like David last week was saying you're cranking out these projects on a weekly basis just to get the video and you don't mm-hmm. really enjoy it or don't care about it at all. And, you know, we fell into that also, only with the podcast. And it was a case where we decided if we're going to do it, let's do something that we really can just enjoy. I mean, that hour, hour and 15 minutes when we record each week flies by so fast. You know, we could probably go another three hours, just these random topics. But Right. Well, I think, and, and we've talked about this before as well, is that I think one of the unique things about podcasts is that, listeners feel like they're well and rightfully so if if it's a good podcast they feel like they're they know you they're getting to know you and they're coming to hang out with you right and and so i think they they really connect to the fact that that it's that you that that you are having fun doing it right you're even if you do have a kind of check not even a checklist but a you know a, a segmented podcast Mm -hmm. you're having fun doing it you're not just doing it to check the boxes and people want to feel like they're hanging out with you not that they're listening to a uh you know to a show like a tv show or something right yeah they don't that's that is something that does turn that does turn people off and i i find that you know the podcasts that i listen to 
are not really heavily structured. Mm-hmm. They're more of um, just a couple of people hanging out with a general topic kind of sitting over their heads. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to listen to a podcast where, I. I mean, there are there are guys that do really good podcasts as far as like performance wise, but just mm-hmm. I won't listen to them because it's just oh okay you're going to do an interview show and that's cool and you know. I've I've heard mm-hmm. people that we've had on this show on other podcasts, and it's just like, oh, that's what you chose to do with them? Yeah. Like, you didn't have a conversation. How could you not have a conversation? Like, don't right. you want to just... There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a psychological principle, and this is, this is kind of where my mind is, and I don't know. I don't want to speak for you guys, but I'm very fascinated by pretty much everything. Like, I mean literally everything. Like, I could get into... So there's... um. I won't talk too much about him because we don't get political on the show, but there's a political commentator. His name is Michael Malice, and Michael Malice is one of the absolute most brilliant people to me ever, more so because of how he approaches politics than his political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he was talking about, he said there's a psychological principle, and you can tell what kind of, what kind of person a person is by a simple question. Tell that person that you raise and breed hamsters right <laughs> and, and and look at their reaction to that who doesn't right? a, a, a genuine a genuinely inquisitive curious um interesting person will go tell me everything you know about raising hamsters right whereas a guy who has no intellectual curiosity whatsoever is just gonna go that's stupid <laughs> you know no th- yeah no that's interesting yeah my 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 take would be when i'm not to you know not to too much, but I'd be like, even if I didn't understand it, I'd want to understand why they found that so interesting. Dude, I'd invite them on the podcast. Right? No, exactly. Second. It's it's like, a I would have a right. hamster breeder on this podcast yeah. so fast your head would spin. So if you're listening out there, <laughs> if you're listening and you breed hamsters, I'm your guy. <laughs> but no, it's true. Like I, and that's something that I, I really feel like if hmm. you can find an audience of people who are interested in hamster breeding. Like, you really can do a really good podcast because mm-hmm. those are the people that are going to make you want to do it. And if you're one of those people where you can find anything interesting, you can go week to week and have pretty much anyone on your show and have a yep. good conversation with them. Yep. And well, right. I think that one, one of the things that we've been very lucky with is we've had a wide variety of makers on a wide variety of things, including some that do things that we don't do. Like, for example, Brandy, she does metal, and I, haven't, I really just don't work with metal. But yet I loved talking to her, and we only passively talked about metal. It wasn't a whole podcast sure. about welding and fabrication, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and yeah, and it's about, crea- like we were saying earlier, it's about creativity. It's not just about making. It's about creativity and, and why we do what we do. Um, but no, but I mean, but seriously, like, I find it fascinating, you know, hearing why you like why you're passionate about photography right yeah and and to me that's it's the same reason i we love the um uh, what's the craftsman legacy craftsman oh, yeah. legacy? oh craftsman eric gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah eric gorgeous yeah like because it goes down that the wormhole of why these people are so passionate and mm-hmm are so drawn to this craft that they do. Whereas again, I'm not interested in any of doing any of those myself. Like I don't want to yeah. make a, you know, a, a, uh, rocking horse, but that woman <laughs> that does that for, you know, for passionately for years and years, like 40 years, yeah. it's like, that's so fascinating. And, and as we were saying last week to David, like that inspires me, not be just because I, her passion is contagious and it makes me want to, 
to find my own passion more, mm-hmm. right? You did that really good a couple. You did that really good a couple of weeks ago when you and um, you and Adam did the super review of Falling Down, and oh, I yeah. actually spoke to you on the phone the next day <laughs> yeah. after that episode dropped, and we were talking about that movie. Yep. And I didn't realize because I I've watched that movie a million times, mm-hmm. but I watched it first when it came the year it came out. So it was ninety six. It came out right. So I was 90, you know ninety three. I think. 93 oh sorry yeah i was still yeah maybe because i might have still been in high school when it came out that might be right yeah and i remember i mean i'm not i wasn't as accomplished as a photographer or as an artist in any way but i understood what they were doing for that whole movie right like the the use of color and even watching it you know sitting in my living room watching it in high def for the i didn't i've never seen that movie in high def by the way <laughs> so the first time i got to see it in high def was a couple of weeks ago after you did the day you dropped the super review episode yep. the next night beth and i watched it yeah. on on um on the apple tv and i realized like wow dave made me look at this movie i've seen a million times even in more detail than I ever noticed. I mean, I was I was picking up on the warm colors and that weird opening shot with the up close <laughs> and all that stuff that you pointed out. And I'm like, and then hearing you and Adam talking about it, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, there's really just a lot here. And when somebody's really interested in something, they can trigger it, even in something you've seen a million times. Oh, when right? I get going on films, I, I you know, I have zero interest in making films or becoming a, a filmmaker, director, anything like that. But film and cinema is probably the biggest influence on my photography work at all. It, whether I'm shooting portraits, whether I'm shooting landscape or just small scenes around town or my coffee cup, I'm always looking at it from this cinematic influence of how can I somehow cram even a tiniest element of a story into this mm-hmm. one frame, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to find a, a way to distill that down. And in the last year or so, what's really happened is once I realized how much it was actually impacting my photography, I've just kind of, you know, given into the dark side, so to speak, and, <laughs> you know, gone all in. And when I'm watching films, like I'll watch it the first time just for fun, and then I'll rewatch it and pause it and study a scene like, oh, look at that light over here. Look what it's doing here. And look how that camera angle is is influencing the feeling of like Vincent and Falling Down. We talked about it at length because it was the first thing that jumped out at me. In the opening scenes, they put this super wide angle lens and mm-hmm. it is uncomfortably close to your main character's mouth with the sweat <laughs> beating down. It's hot yeah. in LA and it is almost borderline kind of disgusting. And then as, <laughs> as things keep flashing around, cuts to different scenes of everything around him, the use of the just the particular lens and the framing and the way they shot that one scene gave you everything you needed to know to remember that feeling of being stuck in a car on a hot day in the summer, humid, you're miserable, the AC isn't working, you can't get to where you're going, you know, in that frustration. And just through the <clears throat> simple use of a, a wide angle lens, some tight compositions, and just, you know, the, the cuts they were making and the way they were able the to cuts. frame it. I was just going to say, what gets me about that scene also, and it didn't hit me until I rewatched it, mm-hmm. was how the cuts got quicker toward as he was starting yeah. to crack. Like you can you feel your heart tension. racing. Yeah, yeah, dude, my my heart was, I'm actually getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> back. I can see them on my arms. I My heart, as I was watching that, was racing because it's that trapped feeling. Yep. And your heart rate's going up. And as your heart rate's pumping harder and harder, the scenes are 
the cuts are getting quicker and quicker, mm -hmm. and everything is graded this horrible orange that makes everything feel warm and uncomfortable and right. he's sweating and the car in front of you is like one inch off your bumper and the kids are screaming in the bus it's like yeah. i can actually i'm starting to get anxiety just thinking about that <laughs> and, scene well, you know it's such an amazing open well in in it it's something where you know going back to kind of what you guys were talking about just a bit ago with the curiosity the fascination the hamster example to me, what it is, and this is something that, Vincent, you and I have been talking offline a little bit, and this is why I say there may be a, a, a I don't want to say slight, it could be pretty drastic, but a direction change with adventures and creativity, because what that boils down to, that fascination, that curiosity, it's really become evident to me as I've, you know, during this this COVID thing, we've all got a lot of downtime to think. And one thing, as I've been feeling pretty introspective and, and getting over being sick, I've realized that I don't care what it is in life, the element of storytelling plays such a huge role. Mm -hmm. There is story that runs through everything. And, and whether it be just wanting to know more about the story of the hamster breeder or, you right. know, <laughs> you're, you're selling, you want to sell more of the, of the cutting boards you're making or whatever it is, if you can find a way to let a story of some sort, and it doesn't have to be an epic Lord of the Rings novel, but any kind of element of stories or curiosity that you can get that makes an emotional connection with people. And well, yeah, it, no, absolutely. It, it, it's interesting uh, listening to you guys talk about that. I think one of the, for me at least, the interesting thing is so, so many people have watched that scene, right? And have felt exactly what you guys were saying, right? But didn't know didn't know why, right? Yep. And to me, one of the things that's always happened for me is the second I start to understand why why I feel that way or why how something works or whatever, all of a sudden, like that's I just I just get so excited about it. And we talked about it, Vincent, <laughs> on my first episode. Is I I took a a class on building guitars, right? And that was like my kind of gateway into both making and music. And what it was is I, I went into it just wanting to build a guitar. Um, I didn't play guitar at that point. And, but seeing the under, all of a sudden I understood the art of building instruments, right? Building uh, guitars and instruments and what went into that. And because of that, I had a, such a respect for, for the instrument that mm -hmm. it made me want to play the instrument. And same. I, so I hear that in the, you, you watch a video, uh, you watch a scene, a beautifully um, designed scene, mm -hmm. and you start to understand why it's so beautiful. And that makes you want to then go create something so beautiful, right? Yeah, right? yeah. And it's, it's, it's a crazy thing that I don't think you pick up on. So, like, we talk about creativity and art and stuff like that all the time. So, mm -hmm. of course, we're, we're keyed mm -hmm. into that. So, we're kind of looking at that. But you don't think about things... So I was having a, I had a really interesting conversation. We went, um, Beth and I went grocery, gro grocery, well, grocery shopping. We went grocery shopping. Yes. Did you just um, get out of the dentist again? I swear. <laughs> I actually need to go. I broke a tooth during the COVID oh, thing and oh, I have no. a gap in my mouth. Yeah. So I'm just waiting until it feels safe again. But um, we were on our way to the store and I said, um, one of the things that Jason Stapleton talks about a lot with um, marketing and advertising which I always find interesting, and it kind of goes along. You know, once you're keyed into something, you see it all the time. Right. Is good marketing? Good marketing is the company entering the conversation you're already having in your head. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the marketing gets to you. Bad marketing is just, here's my product, here's what's good about it, buy my product. And yep. I'll give you a great example. And this was the example I used with Beth because I was explaining how he kind of approaches marketing. He says, he said that, um, he talks about um, like drug companies. Drug companies are a very good example. Mm-hmm. If you have a chronic illness, the last thing you want to do is be reminded that you have a chronic illness, right? Yeah. So how does a company market a drug geared towards helping you lessen the impact of a chronic illness? What they do is they say, well, what does a person with a chronic illness want above all else beyond everything else, Right. They want to just live a normal life. Yep. They want to be either pain-free or they want their psoriasis to go away or whatever. So what are the ads showing? The ads almost, and I mean almost 99% of the time they don't, show the actual illness or suffering from the illness. What do they show? They tell you about the drug. Mm-hmm. And everyone you see in the ad is living a normal, active, happy, healthy life, right? Why? Because when you're thinking about a drug for your chronic illness, you're not thinking about, oh, I'm going to have the chronic illness, but at least I'll be taking a drug. You're thinking, if I take this drug, I'm going to live that life. They don't even connect drug to life. They show you the drug, but you're watching video of people living a normal, happy life. Mm -hmm. And in your head, the conversation you were having before that ad even came is, God, I wish I could just live a normal life. Yep. And it's like... Once you see that, you realize what a good ad and a bad ad is. And now I'm going to tell you what a bad ad looks like just for comparison. A bad ad is AT&T or T-Mobile or Verizon (laughs) during the COVID crisis telling you they're there for you as they're billing you. (laughs) No one in this crisis is going, are you guys billing me? Oh, thank you so much. I was really hoping you'd be there for me. You know, you're there for me, but you're sending me disconnect notices when I'm a couple of days late on my bill. Right. You know, that's right. not being there for me. That's just saying, I'm here. You know, it's like um, Frito-Lay, Doritos, we're here for you. No kidding. Like, you you make Doritos. Like, yeah, we know. I've eaten so many more Doritos <laughs> the last two months. Nobody's well, having the conversation in their head is, is are there going to be Doritos tomorrow? You know, what I mean? <laughs> it, they, it is an indulgence, and it's nice to know that the comfort food is there, right? Mm-hmm. But the marketing isn't geared toward you. I really want Doritos. The marketing is we're Frito Lay. We've been around for 120 years. We're here for you in this uncertain time. There's right. a supercut. I might throw it in the show notes. It's absolutely hysterical. It's every COVID 19 ad looks the same. Oh, yeah. And it was a, it's just a supercut of all the ads saying the same thing over and over from yep. like and we're talking like from ten to twelve different companies. Sure. Well, it's like, it, okay. it's, inter- it's interesting, and I don't want to put my company on. I I think we are do we do a lot of things right, and it's it's funny though we're 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 talking about it, and that was one of our concerns. Uh, we had a, you know we were talking about summer advertising and stuff like that, and there's a huge voice of uh, of the marketing group that said we like these feel very disingenuine and i feel like that's the wrong mm-hmm. um r- wrong channel to go to go 100%. go down and and that's exactly and thankfully i'm not part of the consumer marketing group but uh they said we're working with our ad agency and we're like we're really hypersensitive to not come across as one trying to capitalize on the pandemic two trying to the you know make it 
have an angle that like you know like you're saying like mm-hmm. that that it's you. we're here yeah. for you like that's of course, whatever so it's food. it's interesting you're still and, making food you're making the right. same food you were before you're gonna make the same food after exactly and and well, yes we we support you guys and we're gonna do everything we can to provide that food but we're not heroes you know like like let's <laughs> sure you know let's get over ourselves right slow down so, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because what feels like a lifetime ago, I, I used to work in radio, but not on air. I, I worked on the marketing side. And so what I did is I, I traveled all over my territory. I found clients and then I sat with those clients to build custom marketing plans for them. And I'd write ads. I'd do all the stuff. And one of the books I remember reading way back then, I mean, this thing was released in 1998. It's a book called The Wizard of Ads. And it sounds kind of cheesy. Some of the examples are cheesy, but I hadn't even thought about it till you guys were just talking. Now I had to look it up to make sure I had the name right. And it's exactly what he what he did in, in in terms of marketing was finding a way. He uses an example a lot of diamonds. You know, you can talk about the cut clarity and all that stuff. No one cares. All they care about is the- that was actually didn't De Beers run an ad like that. Maybe where they actually said that. I think they did. I literally think they said he those might words have written that ad, ad because this guy he worked for a yeah. lot of stuff. I've definitely heard that phrase before. But yeah, so no one cares. They they want to know about yeah. the happiness. That book. I mean, right. there, there's many out there. This is from 1998, so a lot of it might be you know some of the advice might be a little dated in today's social media culture. But I think at the core, the storytelling around it is is what it all comes down to. Now. I want to go back to something else, Ethan, you had said, if that's all right. You were talking about um, how when you started getting into it and when you learned how to make something, it drove you to want to do it more. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of knowing how the sausage is made fueled you a little bit. Now, I I did an episode a couple weeks back on on Adventures in Creativity that uh, it was titled, Does Being an Artist Ruin Your Ability to Enjoy enjoy Art? And I could tell by the comments huh, which yeah. kind people were reading a headline <laughs> right. and replying to a headline and hadn't actually listened to what I said <laughs> right. versus, yeah, yeah. versus who had actually listened. But my thought there was, you know, it, it was boiling down to how it, how it was with film for me in, in my photography. But there are times when what, what got me thinking about it is is kind of the flip side of that question where, now I know photography really well. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, when I look at a, when I watch a movie or I'm looking at photographs, I can enjoy it. And I have this very deep appreciation, more so than someone who doesn't know why that scene is special. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But it made me also wonder, and in large part, you know, thinking about my wife, where she's not a musician, she's not a photographer. And, and I kind of wish there was a way to just, enjoy something without knowing how it was made because yeah. i feel like the, it, it's it we lose something in that not that it's a bad thing i think we have no, a deeper right, appreciation though. but it blows my mind to think like my wife's not a musician i've been drumming since six or seven years old and so when i hear a song i mean i'm breaking it down within seconds unconsciously you know subconsciously i don't even realize i'm doing it but for her, she's just bopping along to a tune she enjoys. And it's like, man, there's a simple, simple beauty in that as well. You right. Know, it, this it's is weird. It, it, it's this so funny. Not- I mean, we, I, Bettina's the same way. Bettina, as I've said many times before, uh, you know, she's, she's not, a, she, 
she's very creative, mm-hmm. but she's not a creator, right? Like right. she, she's not a musician. She's not a maker. She's not, and she, but she loves music. She loves, you know, she has a lot of passions mm-hmm. and yeah, I, 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 you're right. I, as you said that I'm Doesn't it picturing myself wonder, and her like, listening. Yeah. How does it sound to her? Right. No, I, I, I picture myself, uh, the two of us, like, listening to music while mm-hmm. we eat dinner. And, and I'm saying, I'm trying to figure out, like, wh- why, you know, why this, this album was a hit and the other one wasn't, right? <laughs> yeah. like, and she's just enjoying it. And it's, yeah. so there is, like, there, yeah, I think there's something to be said for that, where it's just, it's nice to just enjoy it yep. for the sake of enjoying it. Yeah. And hey, I, I hold think that, that thought for a second. Yeah, we're yeah. we're, we're going to hit, we're going to hit the sponsors. I want to come back and keep talking about this because you did the episode you did on AIC a couple of, a couple of weeks back about this mm-hmm. was, I was like sitting there going, yep, yep, yep. So I definitely <laughs> want to, I definitely want to talk about this a little more. Let's hit the sponsors. We'll come back. We'll keep talking. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. I wanted to get the sponsor break in because I, I feel like we could talk about this all night because I am fascinated by the fact that you read my mind. See, you ended the conversation <laughs> I was having in my mind. But when you did that episode um, a couple of weeks ago, can an artist, I, can an artist just enjoy art, basically, right. is the question. And right. something that I struggle with all the time because I'm really into brand building and marketing and influence and all that and i'm get i've gotten more and more into it and the more i get into it the more you start seeing the game being played in front of you yeah Mm -hmm. so i'll sit there and i will just watch ads and just lose my mind like that's a bad ad that's a terrible ad that's a really good ad Mm -hmm. like i can't just watch an ad anymore and just enjoy an ad like not that anyone really enjoys ads but you know, just I don't just casually watch them anymore because I want to know what they're saying and how they're saying it and what they're doing. Like the example of the drug commercials, like I can't watch a drug commercial now and just go, oh, that's a drug commercial. I watch a drug commercial because part of my part of my day job is, you know, basically brand building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've become hyper aware of what companies do to show you their brand and show and portray a certain brand image. And I can't just watch ads anymore. Like they, they're not, they're instructive now. They're what to do, what not to do, how to, that's probably why that, that COVID video I mentioned earlier, it's why it made me laugh so much. Not because COVID is funny. Right. It's because not one of those companies, not one of those. Understand what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it was 13 companies that were not portraying any kind of unique brand image. And to the point, to the point where almost none of them even showed the product in the video. Mm-hmm. Like, they were all using, like, stock footage. Right. And yeah. it's like, you guys put this together with, like, $10 worth of photos from Big Stock and some music from Epidemic Sound, and you called in an ad. And, yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's, it's that, shocking. It's but, shocking when you see it. it. I mean, that what happens is they say, here, ad agency, I need a commercial about COVID-19, um, and here are like my touch points are, I want it to be emotional. I want it to be supportive and, and whatever, and you need to do it tomorrow. And so it all becomes stock. It all becomes yeah. script, like very generic scripted. And that's what happens is because that ad agency can't turn that around any other way. But that's, so, I mean, that's how it happens. And that's, it's, it's short sighted by these brands. Uh, so because they just try to pump it out and want to react. Mm-hmm. When you design product packaging, right? Uh, we're in, in my company, we're in about the third evolution of our product packaging and uh, the actual package design. And for those of you that think this is an easy job, I promise you, do it. 
you think you could go, <laughs> oh, yeah, I could just slap the picture of the product on there, put the name. No, everything is considered. I mean everything. Like mm -hmm. every every color, everything, because colors tell you something. You know, we're right. in the process of designing the label for a new product. And it was just, they kind of threw it at me and said, okay, I need, I, we need um, basically a brand identity for this. And we need it like in the next two or three days. Like, wait, what brand identity? A whole brand identity. So I came up with a backstory in my head and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to work toward that backstory. What these companies have actually done is they've genericized their ads and their, their marketing to the point where they're interchangeable. And it's really odd to see that all these creative companies have just fallen back on, all right, slow music, you know, mm -hmm. white screen, single word text, quick cut to a generic, a generic role, and everything is just so generic and impersonal. And it's like, and well, they, they, they get these ads and they're like, yeah, we're happy with that because it doesn't really, it's not going to rile anyone up. Right. It's know? not going right, to ruffle any feathers. Right. Well, but I think the other thing, though, it's it's interesting for the type of brands, right? So again, we're we're in a my company is in a place where uh, we're supplying grocery stores, and the more we can produce, the more we can sell. Like it's you know we're in that space, and the companies that I I feel like that are doing these generic ads are the ones that are losing business and they're panicking, mm -hmm. and so they're making bad decisions about their brand because they don't know what to do. Well, and then that that's exactly what it that's exactly what I was you said it better than I could and you said it a lot more succinctly than I could. That's exactly what I was it doesn't look good for your brand. And I'm talking and by the way this can go out to anyone in any situation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look good for your brand when your brand is so generically represented mm -hmm. that stock footage and text on white screens is what you're putting out there. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying you should be running a hard sell ad right now. That would mm -hmm. be stupid beyond belief. Nope. But also, an ad that I can't tell you what your product even is, it's like, it's weird. It's well, really weird. With it, the exception of car companies, you yeah. don't even see the product in the ads. I mean, it's bizarre. Yeah. No, and it, it's really really fascinating and, and to me i mean not to harp on it but it all comes back to story because what mm -hmm. these companies are doing and brands i shouldn't say companies because i mean we see this with individual you know look at youtube info or uh, instagram influencers and people like that same thing they're jumping on a trend of what was successful for someone else the mm -hmm. first one in that space and there everyone jumps on board and it looks generic and what it boils down to is that they are just they're they're for whatever reason choosing to step away from their own personal brand story, right? Their 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 brand values, their, right? Yeah. And totally. when you when so, you look at that, it it's really <clears throat> mind blowing because since everything is so generic, everyone's looking for a way. And this this kind of ties into to any one of us, you know, being not people with millions of followers you know, small makers and creatives, if you want to stand out, it, it really isn't hard to say, you know what? I know that's trendy right now, but it's not me. It's not my right. brand. If you, you can be true. Yeah. If you can stay true to yourself and tell an honest story, find a way to convey your passion, your story into something authentic to you. When you put it out there, maybe that's in what you're making and how you're presenting it. Maybe it's, you know, in different aspects, you know, like, like David last week, the red shirt, just small details mm -hmm. like that, that are just something, you know, uniquely you, 
when you start looking at how generic so much becomes, it really makes you scratch your head and say, wow, it's really not that hard to try and stand out. It doesn't have to be an earth shattering. I just invented the wheel kind of thing. Right. You know, it's just you something crushed, authentic. You crushed it earlier today. You posted a tweet or retweeted something and it hit me right in the gut. And I was like, this is just exactly what people really do need to hear right now. Um, from Cody Goff. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. You posted, and this was such a great pair of tweets. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised. I got four retweets and 13. I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> like, why isn't everyone retweeting? This is exactly what people need to hear. He said, kind request to not shame and judge people for tweeting, quote, normal stuff amid all that's happening right now. Even in times of dire crisis, when an issue needs an extraordinary amount of focus, example, now, mm-hmm. it's still bad for mental health if 100% of your production and consumption centers on it. Mm-hmm. Make it 90%. Hell, make it 99%. But in my humble <coughs> opinion, the struggle loses context if there's nothing to contrast it with. Mm-hmm. Encourage conversation, but don't vilify potential allies for trying to find or offer moments of peace or levity in these unbelievable times. Mm-hmm. And man... I was like, yes, this guy gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy gets it. Because sometimes, you know, in the sea of all the generic ads, the one company that's just like, you know what? We're just not going to change anything. We're going to run our usual ads. Maybe we run the more toned down ones, but they're going to be our normal ads. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones you kind of remember more because they're the only ones that don't look like the other ones. Yeah. In these challenging times. Actually, Dave, can you say that right now? In these challenging times, hey, the yes. world is struggling. <laughs> it's re- it's remarkable that advice yeah. like that, which is so intuitive, and I'm not yeah. saying it's simple. And I think Cody is 100 percent right mm-hmm. here, but it's amazing that that's what yeah. that's revolutionary advice right now. Yeah, like and, well, you know, he's obviously not talking about COVID. He's talking about a whole other situation that I am absolutely not going to get into. Exactly, on this podcast. right? No, it, it's, it's hitting. However, yeah, it, it's hitting close to home for me. And mm-hmm. it, geographically, we'll say, uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Th- that's the reason why I said that and why I shared it because I've been struggling lately because I have had very close personal friends that I have known for years that have been screaming at me for how dare you put out your regular stuff? Mm-hmm. How come you're not addressing what's going on? How come you're staying silent? You're silent, then you're a problem. And it's like, look, no, I'm. I'm as moved by everything as anyone else, but I'm just choosing to stay offline with it, you know, and and his, the way he put it was just so perfect that, you know, it was only two months ago with coronavirus hitting, everyone was saying, hey, artists, we're turning to you. We need you to help keep us distracted and help keep our spirits Mm -hmm. up in these difficult times. People and it aren't changed. begging for sports. People aren't begging for sports. No, I'd love to watch some they're, football they're right begging now. But... For, they're begging <laughs> for sport. They're begging for sports because sports is a distraction. Exactly. Sports is the bread and circuses of the modern era. Yeah. You know, it, and, and it's I tough. feel I under, I understand the people that want everyone to be active mm-hmm. and engaged and I get that. I don't even think that that's a wrong way to think. No, yeah, right. But I do think that if your level is constantly cranked up to 11 right. and there's no reprieve from it, that is just not healthy. I I shut down my face. I deleted my Facebook account mm-hmm. over the weekend. I deleted I don't have Facebook anymore. And I cuz I just couldn't take it anymore. Yep. I I I hit my breaking point. And I'm like, wow. I've been on Facebook since Facebook first allowed people to be on Facebook without a .edu email address. Yep. 
And after all this time, it's just, it's too much. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, we, we need those anymore. distractions. And it's the same as an yeah. artist, you know. Ethan, if, if you only could focus on making the um, X-Acto knife setup you've got, mm -hmm. right? That was it. You had to put on 110%. Well, only to. that he is going every to. day, day in and day out. That's all you were allowed to think about. Man, you'd be miserable. Oh, yeah, well, and we've talked about it. Like, that is the only thing I make that doesn't drive me crazy. Right. So, Which, oddly enough, I mean, yeah, yeah. go figure. Bad use of an example, I guess. No, no, but no. <laughs> well, you know, what's actually Valid funny point, is though. that the, yeah, so real quick side, I got a custom order for an X-Acto knife with the baseball stitch this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I haven't made an X-Acto knife in a while. And I kind of, you know, I'm kind of like partial to my original. I think the mm -hmm. original will always be the corset stitch. But it's like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah, let's make an X-Acto knife with a baseball stitch. And it was like, ah, oh, breath, breath of fresh air, you know. Right. I spoke to that it, customer. I spoke to that customer a couple of days ago. And that customer was like, yeah, I'm going to get blah, blah. I'm going to get one from Ethan. And I'm, it's going to have the baseball stitch. And I went. He doesn't do those with. I literally said yeah, like, yeah. out loud, like, he doesn't do those with. The well, I stuff. I did hesitate, and and Vince, I had like I've had I had the branding, you know, some of our branding uh, conversations in my head when when I said yes, I was like, ah, should, like brand. it's kind of my thing, you know, it's kind of my signature look or whatever, and I was like, ah, do I do it? But you know, I was like. All right, you know it's not that far off. It still mm -hmm. looks like the same thing, and it's close enough. <laughs> and you know, and and I can kind of be like promoted as a you know new edition. So exactly, yeah. Hey, you're gonna take pictures of that, and your deep your deep long term fans are gonna look at it and go, "This is freaking genius." Yep. Yeah, or they're gonna be Baseball like, stitch. "The horrid." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they're true. gonna connect. <laughs> they're gonna react. Yes, right, right, right. And that's what I think. Like both of you guys in in. All of your guests. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest. A lot of your guests, I've come to know because uh, they must have listened. heard. Yeah, I, I, they must have heard me here, and then I end up chatting, and I talk to them, and I, I don't do these things like bear make adjust, and him and I chat, you know, on and off. And he was actually the the one person I saw calling out my quarterly update prior to you saying anything. <laughs> like that's so funny. Know, which was, <laughs> that's which awesome. Was awesome. And he and he's an awesome yeah. dude too, and so many, but. The thing is, when I look at so much of, of what these guys are making, and you guys as well, you're not coming at it saying, oh, look, here's a story of a baseball-stitched, you know, exact <laughs> right, knife. Right, right, You're right. going to feel excellent rollicking through the leaves, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. You, you're not doing that, but because you're sharing those other elements of, hey, I'm doing this, and there's there's a story behind this. This was, a, you know, you're letting people into that process. It's, it's part of that, and that's why I love – if you guys think of you know all the makers you recommend, I would challenge you. I bet you all of them have some sort of element where they're letting you into yeah. that story, that personal connection. It's it's fascinating. Well, well, to yeah, me. you know, it's I mean, again, this is a big a big name, and we've talked about him forever. But Jacko, mm -hmm. uh, he did a video I think two weeks ago on this wallet that he made, mm -hmm. and and um, I did get one because I'm a sucker, but um, <laughs> but. It, at the end, like at the end of his video, is exactly that day. Like he was talking about, he's like, "I know that you're not going to buy this wallet because you need a wallet, right? Right? You're buying this wallet because you're you are like you've subscribed to my to to my business and my vision, and and there's a reason for this wallet. You're not just buying it because I say you should buy it. Like there's a story behind this wallet right. as to why." It's a good wallet, but you're, you're, I know I'm not stupid enough to think that you're buying it 
because you need a wallet. Right. It's, right. So and I and I appreciate that. And I think that is again my exacto knives. You can buy an exacto knife on Amazon for six bucks, mm-hmm. and it will do the same thing. But what what people that buy my exacto knife are saying are one, it feels it does feel better. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna say it does feel better. But <laughs> they're also saying I'm investing in you, and I respect what you're doing, and I appreciate you, mm-hmm. and it's worth it for me to support you. Mm-hmm. And and that is never ever ever lost on me. No, so. It's- it's something that it's something that you you kind of become acutely aware of after a while when someone buys a lot of your stuff mm-hmm. and you just go, you know, I'm making I'm making cool stuff. I'm proud of the stuff I make, but you're buying that from me. Like you're you're saying mm-hmm. of all the places I could get mm-hmm. that thing, right? I connect with you enough to get it from you. Yep. You know, I I just made no joke. I made two sets of coasters. I made one for my friend Marion and one for my friend Ant. Yeah. Who are both mm-hmm. really cool people. Mm-hmm. And this morning I made another set. And I'm pretty sure that as soon as I put those in the store, they're going to go. It's yeah. the same with the, the acrylic clear puzzles, right? <laughs> yeah. You can Torture. get them anywhere now. They're, Torture. They're everywhere. Torture they're puzzles. Everywhere. They, you know, these are not, they're not, they're not even hard to get. Like you can go on Amazon and get them, right? But nice. what people are ordering them from me. Like, yeah. they're cool. You know, and I do feel like there is a certain amount of, hey, you know, you are you are someone we connect with. Mm-hmm. And if you're connecting with your customers and you're connecting a brand to, you know, a brand that says, I'm just a guy who's making cool stuff and I really would like you to buy my stuff to help me keep making cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I really do think that as, as almost, if a big brand did that, it would be like, that's terrible. That's horrible. Right, but when right. a small guy does it, it's like, yeah, I'm really, I am connecting I'm not one of those people that buys into you should shop small. I, even though I am a small business owner, I don't. I'm not no, one of those. I don't think that you, there's guys. a time and a place. Like you should yeah. not always do that. I, it's just don't don't. Right. You should never feel pressured to shop right. anywhere. Exactly. I don't care big or small. But what I do appreciate, and I do this, I f- I've found myself doing it more. Is like you said, I will buy stuff from people because they made it. Yep. I don't have what I was joking with David as the David Pachuto shrine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything that he's ever sold. Right. I don't have that because I think David Pachuto needs the I mean, maybe he does need the money. I'm not judging if he does. But <laughs> I'm buying it because it's my way of saying, David, thank you for everything you've done for mm-hmm. me over the years. This just happens to be a cool thing that I can buy and support you so that you keep making cool And stuff. I want it. Like, it's something yeah. I can use. Mm-hmm. Well, and so actually, so interesting conversation I had with uh, Two Moose Designs on Instagram. So he reached out and bought one of my camera wrist straps, right? Oh. and. And that that sparked a conversation between us because he we started talking about uh, leather camera bags, right? And so, and we were talking about it, and he he's like, "This is what I'm." I was like, "I don't think I I can make that first of all," but but he's like, "This is the kind of design I'm thinking of." And on Amazon, it's you know it's like a hundred bucks for the a leather like beautiful leather well, camera bag. A hundred bucks on and, Amazon, you're you're. Probably buying a cheap piece of junk. I'm gonna be well, in yeah, camera but even all right. Space. So even a hundred, even two hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Like even if it's a nice piece, right? Right. It, I'm saying it because there's no way that I can make that and make a profit because sure. one, I need, I'd have to hand. I right now I'm hand stitching, so <laughs> whatever. And like so, there's all these pieces of it, and. And I shouldn't, you know, I, I, I shouldn't expect myself to be able to compete with a factory, right? No. But here's the difference, too. And, and we talked about it. He, and he said it. He said, 
it's 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 one thing to it's it's an easier sell for someone to buy a uh you know a uh camera wrist strap that's 10 or 15 dollars more than you buy on amazon versus a camera bag that's you know 200 dollars more yep and and i respect that i mean i think that is a that's something to think about is you know it, it's it, even those small things make a difference right and and so focus on those one from a product development aspect but two think about it is like you know you can you can a uh, hundred uh, you know 50 percent profit on something small is still a 50 percent profit right mm-hmm. does that make sense i don't know no, it yeah, it yeah. does now i i want to give you a, a company to look at ethan because you probably appreciate uh, being being the leather worker if, if you don't know them already it's a company called ona bags o-n-a and then hold on i'm gonna bags b-a-g-s all one word onabags.com they make other bags too not just camera bags but one of their most popular camera bags. Now, this thing is tiny. This is like a super small mirrorless camera and maybe one other lens. That's starting from 169 and up. To get a bag that's going to hold a handful of lenses and stuff right. like that, you're looking at three, four, five hundred bucks. And the craftsmanship that goes into that. I mean, that's how a company like this. I remember when they first started hitting the scene and, and getting talked about in camera circles a lot. Mm-hmm. Because they're a luxury bag. I mean, right. you don't need this. This that is something Brixton you want. Gorgeous. Oh, I know. They, they make some amazing stuff, wow. but that's what they did is they, they put a focus on look. They made their own brand. Yeah, we know that you can get a camera bag to do the same thing we're doing mm-hmm. for way less. But right. we're here's our story. Here's what we're putting into it. And like you say, people buy into them because of the reputation that they've built. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with like a, a like a Gucci or anything, right? Yeah, like yeah. you can get a, a suitcase for, uh, you know, even a Samsonite Gucci uh, mm-hmm. suitcase at Marshall's, right? right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It works the same way, but you're yeah. buying into a brand and a... a Jimmy DeRusty yeah. sells ice picks for $100. Yeah. And, and, and we buy them. Yeah. <laughs> I have one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, no. th- it just tells you everything <clears throat> you need to know. I mean... You know, is there yeah. a practical reason that I and even even Beth just when she found out I ordered one, she just rolled. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't order the hundred dollar one with the magnet. I ordered the regular sixty dollar one. But when I told her, I I told her, I said something. I said Jimmy's um, Jimmy's um, ice picks. You know, they're down to like immediate shipping. I said so. I should have mine in a couple of days. She goes, What do you mean you should have yours? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I ordered one. Well, she goes. How long have you been wanting? I said forever. I yeah, said, I had to. I just yeah. had to have one. Well, Mo- I loved when Morley, Morley was like, "Only makers understand why you'd want one." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. but that's exactly yeah. it, right? And yeah. that's that's because Jimmy has <clears throat> curated a reputation with his audience to the point where a one, uh, you know, even the hundred dollar ice pick with the magnet in it. It's like, oh, yeah, I could, I could, I could justify that. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. No, I you mean, can't. Realistically, right. I mean, no. realistically, no, you can't justify that. I th- you I... can justify it because it's Jimmy, right? Mm-hmm. But just think about the the amount of clout that that means he has. Where you can go, yeah, a piece of a spike with a piece of brass in the back of it, that's worth a hundred bucks. I could do that. <laughs> well, but he, so here's the thing. So I'm here. I, this is what I struggle with is. So, I mean, either the style or like the aesthetic of what I make has to be unique or there has to be a function that something someone hasn't thought of before. Like, and, I, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's, you know, maybe 
I don't need to recreate the wheel, but that's that's always what I feel like if I need to create something that people will pay a premium for. I always I struggle with that. You know, I, I think it needs to have an added feature or a unique design or or a unique aesthetic. I don't I'm gonna know. Tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. What I what I as far as pricing my stuff and you know what I when I make something and why I think it's worth what it's worth. When I make a cutting board, I'm not making a cutting board in any way that anyone hasn't made before. Mm-hmm. It's the God's honest truth. I don't do anything special with my cutting boards. I don't. I just make them really nicely. Like, they're really nice. And I am very, very proud of the boards I make. They are sanded nicely. They feel amazing. They're put together well. There's no gaps. There's no seams. They're flat. There's no weird texture on them. They are I, I as close to a perfect thing as I will ever make, right? And to me, I see the beauty of it because I make them, but I'm more amazed that other people see the beauty in them because it's like, wow, it's a cutting board, mm-hmm. you know? And in the end, how many cutting boards do you actually even buy in your life? You maybe buy two, but I've had people come back to me over and over again. It's like, yeah, I want another one. I want to give this one as a gift. I want to give that one as a gift. And, you know, it's one thing when somebody says, I want your thing. But it's another one. Somebody says, I like your thing so much yeah. that I'm going to give it to somebody else and put my name on it and say, here, this is a really nice thing that I'm giving you. It's like, wow. Right. You know? And and it's like, it doesn't have a special function. The special function is the amount of care I put into making it. Mm-hmm. You know, and how much. Yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah that, and, and that's totally fair. That's well. That's the thing, though, right? But that's what gives us the ability to charge what we charge for right. the things that we make. When Jimmy sells an ice pick, it's not. It's not just a piece of brass with a spike stuck in it. It's handmade by Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Right. Every right. single one you buy is handmade and hand stamped by Jimmy Duresta, and hand welded. That loop on the end is brazed on right. by him. It's all put together well, by him. And so. I, I do think. I mean, I, and I do think like that as out of anything i've ever made that's what the that's that's the closest to the the exacto knife is the closest to that kind of thing mm-hmm. right is it, it, it people want to support me and it's got my personal touch and and that's what it is it, there's a million people that can make that exact same thing right mm-hmm. um and and you can, you they could undercut me you know like my for bracelets sure. my bracelets which are very right. popular right which i remember i remember way back when i told you i was going to experiment with making these and i had never made them before and now i make them for everybody but these bracelets that i make right there is nothing about these bracelets that isn't something that if you bought the right supplies you couldn't make i'm i'm not under any illusions right right but what i have going for me is i can put one together very quickly I have a lot of beads that I can do pretty much whatever you want. And if yeah. I ever have to order it, you must be asking for something that's a little bit off the wall. And that's cool. I can do that too. But that's that's the value you bring, right? And when I was talking about – I forgot who I was talking about this with. But this whole idea, the value for me became the custom for everyone thing. Where yeah. it's like, oh, people want custom stuff, right? Mm-hmm. People. That's my unique thing to get offer to somebody is I don't just make th- I mean I make things, but I make them for them. Right. Like, this is this is your bracelet fit to fit your wrist right. with your stones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you make when you make an exacto knife, it's you don't take the stuff off the shelf, slap it together and send it to somebody. You hand stitch it. Mm-hmm. Right. When I, when I got it and after you were on and you sent me the one you sent me, I'm mm-hmm. I'm still amazed. I still use it. It's, I'm literally looking at it as I'm talking to you. Uh-huh. Um I still look at that thing and I still go, I cannot believe this is hand stitched. Right. Like it doesn't register in my head that you hand stitched <laughs> that thing. Well, it, it's it's funny. So 
someone, uh, I don't think I told this story last week. So, uh, someone reached out about the, the seam ripper that I made, mm-hmm. which is by far my best post of all time and is my least qualified best post of all time. Like it's the stupidest post, but for some reason it took off, but, um, it had a baseball stitch. And it was just a woodcraft seam ripper stit, uh, kit that was meant for like turning, like you'd turn a pen. And, uh, and they reached out and they said, you know, my mom makes quilts. Uh, she, you know, I think it would be really nice. Could you, uh, like, could I commission one? I was like, all right, uh, to be honest, the, with Woodcraft's ridiculous shipping right now, which is just as much as the kit, like materials will be 12 bucks by itself. Like mm-hmm. just the materials. And, you know, I don't think it makes sense. And what he came back and said that, you know, give me a price because, I would love to give my mom something that I could say that was handmade personally for her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that it, right there, I was like, I'm going to make it for you, you know, whatever, you know, even if my margin's small, I got a good like, margin. They, you, they, I mean, you have a higher calling at that point. Right, right. But, but no, but that's, a, but, the, yeah. but, but there are, again, and those people, I uh, thank you for those people out there that understand that and that respect that kind of, personalization and respect for handcrafted goods like that's really nice so yeah it's a nice it's a nice feeling when somebody goes listen i had an idea for something or or i saw something and i wanted it and then i thought you know what you could make that would you like to take an opportunity would you like to have the opportunity to make it if not i'll buy it but i'd rather give it right wow you know that that hits you right in the feels like right in the feels I, i can speak to that on the gift recipient end of things (laughs) (laughs) as as you guys mentioned before i i we had a a a very maker christmas around here and i (laughs) you know i i have my my leather journal that that ethan you made and like 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 you were saying Vinny, about how you just look at it and you're like man this was handmade there's one of these that exists it's mine Mm -hmm. right and that gift my wife gave me which was this beautiful journal cover and i can once I fill the journals, because I tend to do that, I can replace it, and you know, it's easy to do. And I'm like, man, this is something I will have forever, Aww. and it is amazing, you know. And and I look at that, I write almost every day. I might miss a day or two here and there, but without fail, just about every day, I've got it open, either on my lap or in my car or at my desk if I got a minute at work, and always writing ideas and thoughts, and just you know, my, I write a lot. And that alone, I look at it, and it's like, oh man, the only thing about it that i'm going to complain about is that i'm yeah. really anxious because i can't wait to see how it looks in like 20 years you know i when, think it's gonna look better oh, it's gonna yeah. look it's good you know when it gets that that and it's not really a complaint i'm joking there but i, no, I, I know, know it's gonna age so amazing and it's gonna be one of those things that hopefully i can hand off to to one of my kids you know at some point like hey here's the journal and here's a stack of 40 filled ones you guys knock yourselves out you know, I'm, it's awesome. There's there's a few times I've gotten uh, choked up on the show, and that might be one of them. So, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, man. No, I'll tell you, I get the amazing. same. I get the same feeling. I have I have three of Justin's pens because yes. I just love Justin's pens. I'm a sucker for bare naked pens. I, I need to get one. Oh my god, you you do need to get. I one. I wanted yeah. to order fact, his nut pen. As bad oh my as god, that how sounds. cool is that thing? That was you, you, you amazing. Missed, oh, well, that should have been one of our things of the weeks or videos of the week. So, so good. yeah, we Justin Justin's nut pen was definitely the uh, 
that was an accomplishment. I feel like that name is not the best, but no, I'll tell you fair. what. I love. I this is what I love about Justin. He is like oh, his hilarious. sense of humor. He he'll go for yeah. it, and he doesn't apologize. And I, I no. just and it's all so good natured. And I just love the fact that he was all in on the uh, on the puns with with yeah, the, yeah. the nut pan. <laughs> and but what about when he did the promo code? And he, the promo code was pen fifteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just cracked up. I I'm like this. It. I love this uh, guy. I absolutely love this guy. Yeah. No, he's so he's so funny. He's and like again, I'm not one to like you know challenge people and uh, you know go back and forth and he he'll give it to me sometimes in the in the but oh God, it completely it out of respect like yeah. it, and i've never once turkinly taken it personally and no. but he'll call me on things and i love it it's he's he's he is who he is and he's just a sweet there's no let up. awesome guy no. there's no let up it's just yeah you know, we so if those of you have heard of us talking about the makers on zoom having coffee mm-hmm. so that that the people that have been on there, you're privileged enough to have access to the Discord afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Discord, yeah, he's just a beast, and it's oh, yeah. funny as hell. I, he's hilarious, funny dude. I've been wanting yeah. since they started about the second week, Vince, and I've been telling you, I, I've been wanting to find a way to get some time on a Saturday morning to get in there. And you oh, know, it's the first, best. and I'm not a maker, but it's like I, I follow. It doesn't lot. matter. No, it doesn't matter. Well, no. and I, you know, I follow mutually follow a lot of the people that I see going, you know, joining every week. You guys and, mm-hmm. and Justin and, and a handful of others and Morley and and I don't, I've never really spoken with Morley a ton one on one, but following and stuff. And it's like I'd love to get in there just because I just want to hear the stories, you know. It's it's amazing. That's a group. It's a group of people yeah. connected by, loosely connected mm-hmm. by a common interest, who just get together yep. every single Saturday yeah, it, like for the, two hours. Yeah. It's like how is it, this even happening? Well, and and it's I mean you talk about like, you know Amazon and Netflix shows. Like that was the last one I went on. Mm-hmm. To, not not this past week, but the week. But like it's just a a group of like minded people yeah. that. Yep that enjoy each other so you don't have to be a quote-unquote maker you don't have to be anything you just it's it's a very opening opening uh great group of people well it's 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 been a goofy thing where once i was telling vince i'm like i gotta get in there and then i got sick and then i've uh, been i shoot a lot of um on the side i don't really share much of this work but i shoot uh real estate photography for Mm -hmm. uh, listings and homes and things and so I do that on the weekends, and usually I try and shoot if I can. If the weather's good, I'll schedule them Saturday mornings so then I can edit Saturday afternoon and deliver it by Saturday evening and be done with it. Mm. And so then the last few weekends, I've been driving, you know, hour and a half one way to go up and shoot these amazing lake homes. And it's like, oh, one of these Saturdays, I'm right. hoping they just keep going long enough till I can jump into at least one of them. <laughs> Well, they usually go. It's funny. Somebody I forgot who it was, but one of the members actually said a couple of weeks ago, "It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm an hour late. Like, We're still going. Yeah, it doesn't show any signs. No. In fact, that was one of the ones where I ended up taking over as host to go another half hour after one <laughs> o'clock. It's like, well, and the and the other thing too is hopefully this doesn't offend people, but like I I usually jump on for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I I jump off and like that's not not a problem either, right? No. I mean, it's yeah, a, no nobody nobody talks completely. Ch- bad I'm sure that. you guys are for the, right, the next hour and a half. You're all talking <laughs> trash about Ethan, but you know, the fr- it's, I promise you, the first thing that said when you close out is not good. He's gone. I mean, we would never say something. Like <laughs> um, speaking of good, he's gone. We got a review, and it's our first negative review. Oh, let's hear it. 
So this is really funny. So there was a podcast, and if you're really into <clears throat> vulgar, incredibly funny podcasts called Who Are These Podcasts, and they review other podcasts. Yeah. And one of the running gags on that podcast is they tell people, we want really, really horrible, negative, nasty reviews, and then leave us five stars. So that's what people do. Yeah. They leave them a five-star review and then really nasty comments. This isn't up to that level. It just made me think of it. <clears throat> so we got an interesting review, and I... I really hate that I don't know who this person is because I'd love to have a conversation with them. I'm kind of curious, but worth a, five stars. Thank you. Worth a listen, but needs more content. And I just want you to know, by the way, that we do read all reviews. So yeah, this one isn't a great review and we will read it because we read all reviews. Yeah. This pod is fine when they actually talk about making, but most of every pod is them talking about the pod. We get it. You have a podcast. Go back to your making talk. Smiley. Okay. Oh, I don't know smiled. what you're talking about, my friend. I really don't. So, uh, yeah. When you have a minute, let me know what you're talking about, specifically. I'm kind of curious, because we just had a string of, except for one episode, we just had a string of almost two and a half months with a guest every week. I highly doubt that we spent two and a half months talking about this podcast on this podcast with guests. So I'm just curious to know what you're hearing that you're thinking we could do better. I'm I'm being dead serious. I'm I'm not being like this is not me being defensive. This is me genuinely going, how do we talk about this podcast so much? Because I think if we were talk if we were that self-referential, I'm pretty damn sure we would hear it on a regular basis. Yeah. Um if if I have a theory about what you heard and we talked about it before the show, but I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And if my theory is correct, you have a point. But I think you're wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I know. I actually want to know because if we're doing something wrong, I want to get better at it. So yeah, no, I, I and I and I agree. I mean, I you know, again, we're not we're not ones to uh, to take offense or you know overreact. No, I'm I think, not offended. No, we're not offended. I think if the, if there's genuine feeling like we're not delivering what you want, then let us know why you think that. Or um, what you want, yeah, or, or what we're giving you that you don't want. Like, right. what do you mean by most of every pod is them talking about the pod? Like, that part kind of itch, itched, uh, scratched an itch on me a little bit, because I'm just curious of what we're talking about. Now, that being said, I do know that we do spend a lot of time with like the video of the week, the things of the week, and that stuff. I do. And we do spend a lot of time, but we've also made the podcast longer. Right. So it's about another 20 minutes longer than it used to be at the beginning for when Ethan and I are alone. And with guests, sometimes guest shows, we've had guests, God, we had Priscilla and Luke on for like an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the episodes are short. So yeah. if, if it, we, we may be doing a lot of the weekly, like the what we call the house cleaning stuff, but that stuff isn't at the expense of other content. We're tacking it on. We're not making the rest of the show shorter. But I'm just saying, if there's if you would like, I would love to hear what you have to say. If you go, you can send an email. What is it? Be- podcast at becausewemake.com. Mm-hmm. And Ethan and I will both get it. And then you can tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, I would appreciate it because if it's something we can improve, I'd like to improve it. I'd like to get better at it. Well, and, and even if it's not what we're doing wrong, it's 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 constructive. If, if, yeah. if here, all right, here's here's my disclaimer. If it's a constructive feedback, I'd love to hear it. If yeah. you are a, uh, a YouTube troll that is just a jerk, then then don't. But if it's constructive, I really would because I think you know we do this because we love to do this and because we like providing something for our audience that mm-hmm. that really enjoys listening to us and what we feel is some weeks we talk 
really specifically about making. Some weeks we talk very specifically about making and creativity and maybe not actually like making a product. And other weeks we have a guest that really kind of drives the conversation. And we like to, we like that form to go wherever the, the guest kind of takes it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and th- that's important to us. But if that's something that's really, you know, that, that, uh, rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. I would love to hear it. So, but again, no Tell offense. Us. Uh, I, I, you know, constructive feedback is always welcome and yeah thank you yeah and t- and definitely don't don't just go yeah i'm not bothering no tell us seriously yeah. tell us because if we could do so- if i could do something better if ethan can do something better or i'm open to it i want to hear what we're doing wrong i was i would love to hear more about what we're what we're talking about that's not interesting you and if it's the video of the week and the things of the week we'll just cut them out i don't i don't care i mean i'm not i'm not married to them we just do them because we enjoy doing them but if they're not resonating for people then by all means tell me okay and yeah so that's the review segment and it's not a positive well Uh, thanks for the five stars though that helps us (laughs) and david thank you for leaving us that review (laughs) (laughs) just kidding not this david (laughs) no i'm I'm just kidding just kidding i'm just kidding no i I was gonna say though this this individual whoever left you this when they reach out to you i was just gonna let them know most likely you guys will engage in a fantastic conversation at which point they will very possibly find themselves right here I was oh, gonna yeah, say, I would love I that. was literally going to yeah. say that. Like, yeah. if you're a maker, we'll probably have you on the yeah. damn podcast. <laughs> well, let me let me just say, so I have had almost zero, like, kind of trolls or whatever, most on my YouTube videos, mm-hmm. mostly because my channel is super small. But I I had one that was, I wouldn't even say it was negative. It was, it was but there was, you know, it was like, you could do this better. Or, like, I wouldn't have done this. Like, I feel like that was a cop out. I like actually that was that's what it was. I felt like this uh, material that you use was a cop out. And so I responded and instead of getting defensive, I responded and I said, you know what? I said, that's uh, like, that's interesting. Like I I'm truly actually interested in what you would have used instead of what I used. Like Mm -hmm. what, what would you have used? And they came back and it actually became a really positive back and forth. And and they they gave me a few ideas and and again for me that was like kind of putting it in their court saying are you just trolling me or do you actually have some useful knowledge about making that you could provide for me mm-hmm. and so i gave i i lobbed that up to them and they came back with some good suggestions and and from what started as something for me being a little defensive right came to Okay, I see. Yeah, no, I agree. Like that could be another avenue I could have taken, another medium I could have used, whatever. And again, I don't know if that was their initial intent and I just called them on it and then they came back or they were genuinely that's they just awkward and don't know how to give constructive feedback. But it actually did end up being a very positive back and forth. So that's something to remember as well. The greatest guiding principle that I have in my life if I don't know what somebody's thinking and I can't read their mind, so in other words, all the time, <laughs> assume benign intent. Right, Always exactly. assume benign intent. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you read a comment where it's like, wow, you're you're an ass. Why are you saying it? That? Right. Nope, just assume it's a mis- misinterpreted tone and just engage the person. And you'd be surprised 
how often something you took as a really negative comment is actually not. Right. Like, and I mean, like, not to the point where you you almost feel stupid for thinking it was a negative comment. Well, or or the the other nice thing about that is they intended it to be a super jerk comment, and you, you gave, come back really nicely, and they they're like, you gave them the out. You gave well, them the yeah, out. or or they yeah. feel then they feel bad for being a dick. So. Yeah. So we're gonna do our uh, our video of the week, and it's I I'm pretty sure it's the first time we picked this guy for video of the week, even though we seem to have picked him as thing of the week about a bazillion billion times, times, yeah. But for video of the week this week is our um, future friend. Well, I think he's your friend, kind of almost, <laughs> um, Mike Clifford. Quasi, um, I mean, you know, we 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 tight, we tight. Um, <laughs> he did a really amazing guitar again. Yeah. Again, 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 another freaking amazing guitar. Um, he hydro, he built, he built it from scratch basically, and he combined two different guitar models that he really, really dug, and he built an incredibly beautiful guitar. Like, yeah, it's he used his X carve to carve out the body, yeah, and then hydro dipped it. And the hydro dipping, I didn't know, and I don't know, maybe I'm just a little slow. Was it him that... Oh, God, I hope it was him that did it. Otherwise, I'm going to look really stupid because I've seen, like, four hydro-dipping videos recently. Um, he did just regular acrylic paint, right? He didn't use spray paint when he did it. Uh, well, yeah, so okay. he's done a couple different ones. He's done a lot of hydro-dipping. Um, but, yeah, he used marbling acrylic paint for okay, this last use, one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. because it was the first time I ever saw hydro-dipping where, where the person didn't use spray right and i'm like wow i didn't even know you could do that i actually think the results are a lot better yeah how do you think it holds up i guess as far as a technical side yeah i don't know i think i mean i i mean i'm sure you could do a clear coat on top i wonder because acrylic has a tendency to flake a lot when it dries yeah yeah you know so i'm wondering if you you'd have to almost seal that but it it, i I think probably will give you more uh consistent you know results i haven't seen the video uh, no one's shared it with me yet but i'm just <laughs> but no uh, i'm gonna I, send it to you right now awesome no i look forward to it but i i wondered that because you know we're always looking that is one thing that's that's uh we've talked about it before with with uh, my deer skulls because my uncle's a taxidermist so oh yeah yeah you know and so we're looking at at doing some of that with a few coming up here my dad's actually got a couple he was waiting for winter to end which it finally did i got to remind him now we can do it but wondering about <laughs> the acrylic end versus the spray paint and if it's is it more of a matte finish versus a glossy like a spray well, paint? acrylics well, acrylics are usually yeah they're usually like rough and horrible right so, yeah but, you, well you, so what i what what i will say about mike clifford is that guy knows a lot and mm-hmm. like he gives advice to like everyone i mean he's he's a big youtuber yeah but he gives advice to the biggest youtubers and sure. making like he's he's very he tries things out researches things better than i think anyone does so if you have any questions Send i'd reach out to him awesome. and 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 he would definitely he'll definitely definitely respond he's uh That's he's awesome. very good about that so awesome. yeah he responds he responds to his instagram stories yep. he responds to I'm trying. I'm skipping through the video real quick to just see what he. I don't remember what he put on it at the end. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember I if he clear coated it or not. So, but here's a question for you, Ethan, being that that you're a, yeah. a guitar fan. Vinny, you said that he 
combined two of his his favorite guitar styles and kind of made this himself. Does he say, Ethan, what the guitar styles were? Yes, yes. I'm blanking on the names right now, the but I'm going to... The Pia and the Gem. Yes, the Pia and the Gem, that's right. Yeah, no. Who, who makes the Pia and Gem? Oh, Ibanez, okay. Ibanez, yeah. I'm, I'm never, I've never actually heard that word. I've only ever seen it. But there, so, yeah, there are the signature the... guitars. I'm blanking on the... Uh, the guitarist's name is it a oh Stevie Vai. Steve Vai. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so he's, he's got doing, a crazy um, design. Yeah, okay. He's just doing a spray-on enamel, by the way. I'm just looking. I was just watching the video real quick. It's just a spray-on clear coat. So perfect. Um, the only thing I'd be concerned about, and I'm I'm assuming he's got enough layers on it where it won't matter, but like where your fingers rub. That doesn't like, matter. Just Im- on a guitar, you you almost want that. Well, exactly. You, you, it, it, yeah, you want that you wear want on the pit well, garden. The road wear, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but not on this. <laughs> I get it. You guys want to look all hipster like. No, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. When you look at some of the most famous guitar players in the world, look at your your Kirk Hammett from Metallica. Your mm-hmm. Steve Vai is a great example. Your Slashes. These guys are playing guitars that are tens of thousands of dollars. And they will keep that same guitar they've been playing since they were 15 years old because the tone yep. is great. And it's got all of that road wear. It's got every scuff and scratch where their arm sits on top of the body as they're playing. It's going to wear through on the finish there, and they keep it all. And it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I, I'm, a, again, I'm, like a fan of the art of guitars <laughs> yeah. and so oh, real quick story sorry real quick story so um i had never been to the rock and roll hall of fame oh. and so for for work uh this was like probably about seven years ago or whatever um i had a i, I was i can't remember where it was but i was flying i was supposed to fly into uh cleveland at like five o'clock so i was like i'm gonna fly into cleveland at five o'clock i'm gonna get like a couple hours at the rock and roll hall of fame and whatever and then my flight got delayed and i landed at like it was like maybe like 7 45 and the museum closed at nine and so i just I, I like bolted there and i like ran around the entire museum for like probably about 30 minutes and the security people were like kicking me out as i was going but it was like it was but i just there's so many like muddy waters guitar like there's the the log so uh les paul's i think it's les paul now who is it i don't know uh oh gibson the gibson oh, yeah, log yeah. guitar um which was basically like just a piece of wood it was like a <laughs> yeah. two by four that he made into the first electric guitar yeah. like there's all these things and it's just like so cool to see the artistry mm-hmm. of the guitars i don't know i i was there in it must have been oh seven oh eight uh, Jason from Digital Soup, my my best friend, was the best man in, in my wedding. He got married about a year or two after I did, but he moved out to Ohio with his now wife because she was from there. And so when we went out for the wedding, we went and, and hung out, and we took a whole afternoon to go through there. And I've got to say, while there's some really amazing elements, like you say, the guitar stuff, some of the drumming stuff I saw, an iconic costume. It's not that great. It really was kind of a letdown, but the really cool thing yeah, that was I happening agree. when I was there, they had, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was a summertime event where people were going in, and I'm talking guys like Flea and you know musicians, popular people, and they were collaborating and creating these enormous, they're not playable, they're like six or seven feet tall um, guitars, 
that would be hmm. outside like statues and they must have had like 50 of these different things all di- i mean some of them were shaped like alligators some of them were shaped i mean just all kinds of crazy stuff they're like art pieces basically yeah, art installations where it was kind of collaborations <clears throat> between actual guitar and bass players and like local and in u.s probably uh, maybe international artists that would take their vision and essentially sculpt it into these amazing statue art pieces that was really oh, cool. crazy yeah cool I I am I'm not a big guitar guy. I haven't figured it out. <laughs> what what is I'll your instrument of choice? <clears throat> You're a piano guy. Yeah, I'm a piano guy. I'm a piano guy and a saxophone guy. Okay. So that's We're that's gonna my... get you playing now. So is there uh, let me let me get your hot take on this, Vincent. Mm. Is there a place for saxophone in, in today's modern rock? In my, oh yeah, I think there's a place for saxophone in anything if it's done well. I mean, unfortunately, Huey um, Lewis kind of nailed that, and I mean, not to well, you know I, who I love. I love the saxophone. I love a horn section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you <clears throat> talked about it was really funny on the last episode of Digital Soup. You talked about S and M. The album. Oh, I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Metallica. (laughs) Top 10 things you do. Um, So you talked about, and one of my favorite things in the world is that version of Enter Sandman off that album. Mm -hmm. I love that version of Enter Sandman so much. Mm -hmm. It just, it hits me in just all the right spots. It's, It's wonderful. Having the orchestra going along with them yep. just adding that kind of weird ethereal vibe to mm-hmm. it so i'm i'm all about combining weird instruments into unexpected places right like um when guns and roses guns and roses for in a couple of different of their more popular songs they used a flute yeah mm-hmm. no well, november like, rain definitely. november rain was one of yeah. their first big ones that really brought in that orchestral feel with the strings and the the pianos uh-huh. and yeah, it's those. It's that whole use your illusion too. There's so much mm-hmm. of the the big rock sound, yep. and it's that's that's their that was their signature sound for that album. Right. was just these really huge, heavily arranged songs, which is weird because you know, Appetite is literally the opposite. It's just a lot of hard <laughs> rock. Right. So. right. Well, they brought in. Yeah, it's cool. just like making. You're you know, Ethan. You're always looking for ways to combine wood yeah. and leather mm-hmm. and different elements that maybe you know aren't common you know right. whatever it is you know your your concrete table you did that you know you showed you talked about oh, last week that was awesome and i know yeah, you were really kind of good. putting yourself down because that was a video i started a long time ago and i didn't get the shots i wanted but it was awesome it was good Thanks, man yeah. it was really good I mean, definitely it, enjoyed it that's what i love about you know you guys and, and the whole community that the, the maker community, even though I don't, I'm, I'm not like a super active part of it because I, I kind of watch it from the outside and I'm kind of on the right. fringes, but it's something that I appreciate so much because there is just this sense of we're going to try stuff and we're going to do it and right. no one's going to crap all over you if you try <clears throat> something that doesn't work. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm from the other side and, and Vincent, you've talked about this many times, the photography community can be as toxic as they come. And mm-hmm. to the point where I have a, a small handful of very good photographer friends that are amazing at what they do, but I don't engage in, in the larger community because it's just everybody Toxic. whipping it out saying, look, mine's better than yours. You know, that's all it becomes, right. you know, and it's, I'm not interested <laughs> in that. That's why the maker community and what you guys do here and, and on just the, the larger community that you guys are part of is so amazing. Yeah. I I appreciate it. I, I love this community. This community is uh, 
on many occasions has given me a reason to live. And I literally yeah. mean that in the most literal right. sense. Like it is just, it's, it's, there's almost no, and I say almost because <coughs> in any community there is, but there's almost no toxicity in this community at all. And it's amazing. Yeah. And I in hope fact, that if continues. I could shut down everything else yeah. and just hang out with makers, I would do it. <laughs> in fact, that's kind of what I'm doing. So it works out. It does. Um, we, we always let our guest go first, as you know, since you're a loyal fan. I of do. The show. I never miss an episode. So, I appreciate that so much because you're the one. Um, <laughs> can you? Why don't you give us your thing of the week, Dave? All right. So I'm cheating a little bit, but not necessarily because this is something I recommended. I think it was a week or two ago, over on Digital Soup. Actually, um, it's a podcast. It, it's it's simply called Rabbits. Now, my co-host laughed at me when I first mentioned this, but what I'm going to do is just read you the the official show description, and I'll tell you why I recommend this. So this is a audio drama, kind of docudrama-style podcast. It says, when Carly Parker's friend Yumiko goes missing under very mysterious circumstances, Carly's search for her friend leads, to her, leads her headfirst into an ancient, mysterious game known only as Rabbits. Soon, Carly begins to suspect that Rabbits is much more than just a game and that the key to understanding Rabbits might be the key to the survival of our species and the universe as we know it. So this thing is a 10-episode audio drama, just total mystery story, twists and turns, um, bringing in a ton of like geeky stuff where they're finding references to this ancient game in like arcade cabinets and weird things. And it's just such a brilliant, you know, set of storytelling, but such an amazing look at a side of podcasting that is getting bigger and bigger, but isn't as well known. And this is just something I loved it so much. I told Vincent, I said, no, I decided last week when I knew I was coming on here for, for the quarterly update, I'm just going to recommend it here too, because <laughs> I have no ties to this thing. I just enjoyed it so, so much. I, I blasted through it in like a day and a half. They're about hour-long episodes, 40 minutes, but it is such a fun ride. Cool. Awesome. That sounds I great. Saw, when, you did, when you did that recommendation, mm -hmm. I was like, that does sound kind of yeah. interesting. I'm, I'm kind of in on that. It's so And fun. it's funny because I'm not, a, I'm not a, like an audio drama guy, mm -hmm. but this one actually sounded interesting. Yeah. I might actually check this one There's out. There's a few. You might have finally found one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't listen to a ton of these. Most of my podcast listening is... You guys, uh, a couple of photography shows that I, I follow, actually only one, two of them anymore, and just a few things like that, a sports show, you know, stuff like that. And every now and then I, I get recommendations from a, a friend of mine, check this out, and, and, you know, things like We're Alive, a zombie apocalypse audio drama. Marvel Comics has put out a couple that have been fantastic. Um, just a few random ones here and there, and they they just do something so different and interesting in the podcast space that it sucks right. you in you know it's really cool, cool to see that's yeah, awesome I'm, I'm all forgiving i'm all forgiving something new a try that's for sure um, and it doesn't I'm compete kind of, with us right <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> nothing nothing competes with because we make even when we're not talking about making kcr 50 i see you um okay uh, Ethan, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll be uh, real quick. So mine's not the most exciting, but it's uh, relatable to our challenge. So just a reminder to everyone, we have a podcast challenge going on to yeah. 
what yeah. what do we call it a light fixture or yeah, a light fixture. we're gonna have the the page is gonna be up on the by the time we do the next episode the page will be up on the website and you can see the official rules but we're not we're just gonna tease the prizes because we're still working out some, yeah. some details on the prizes but we're gonna start the rules up wait them up for, for next week's episode we'll talk about it please but think about something that can uh creates light well that's, that's yes. basically how are you guys missing out on calling it something like enlighten us Oh, there you go. well, we haven't called it anything yet. Wow. So that's what we're calling no. it. Thanks, stealing that. TM. So, uh, <laughs> can you can you cut that part out? So, I have an idea for the name of our co- <laughs> challenge. Vincent. I'll fix it. I'll fix it in post. It'll be fine. No one will even hear it. <laughs> um, all right. So, my thing of the week, because I just ordered some stuff and got it, is uh, a great source for uh, light sockets, light cords, light fixtures, like all sorts of anything light but it's a it's basically a supply website and it's called grand brass and um i i'll admit that they're not the best for navigation like they've gotten better uh but it takes a little while to kind of like find what you're looking for but they have beautiful like uh ceramic light sockets and uh like uh fabric corded Oh my! Fabric cords and stuff like that. They have everything. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff. It's really, it's really hard to navigate through. I won't lie, but uh, and you kind of have to. So if you buy a socket, you kind of have to look at a cord and make sure that it's a two, you know, a, a two corded, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, or a one with a grounded, a three corded grounded socket. You have to make sure of that. But other than that, it's a really great. Uh, supply house for anything light fixture related and they ship really quick well at least on the east coast because i think i think they're connecticut based they're in west haven yeah they're in connecticut and uh yeah so i've i've used them for basically any light fixture i've ever used and they, they have great products and it's beautiful stuff again like they have ceramic like light sockets which make a difference they they look much nicer than plastic ones from Amazon. So wow, this is really cool. They literally have everything. <laughs> they have so much. That, that's the problem. It's they have so much. Like that's almost the problem is that they have I've, too much. I've never seen this much lamp making stuff yeah. in my life. I'm seeing Evan in my head right now going lamp stuff. <laughs> this is this is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, so yeah, uh, if you guys need parts for uh, you need parts for the challenge, then. This ain't a bad spot. It's grandbrass.com. That's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 great. And they ship really quick too. Like it's a very quick operation. So you come in, you come in and you say, it's not gonna be that exciting. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's like this is really freaking awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely uh, gonna I It's way need... better than even Amazon Prime, and I'm a huge Amazon Prime fan. It's, so. it's very interesting because there's some stuff in here I actually need and I can see it right on the first page. I'm yeah. like, oh, I I'm gonna order from them as soon as we're done. I don't so yeah, I don't need anything here, but I'm I'm done the the rabbit hole of their different bulbs you can get oh yeah even the, like, yeah even oh, light bulbs photo. Right? There, yeah. there's some very cool yeah. looking edison stuff. bulbs yeah. i was gonna say is there anything better is there anything better than an edison bulb no, like, if you I'm think there's anything better sucker. than an edison bulb you're just Vinny, wrong. what about this right. category amusement sign and scoreboard led bulbs. <laughs> oh, i don't even know about that you one. can restore oh. that ski ball machine you've been sitting on now Oh, I've, you have no idea. Beth's favorite thing in the world is ski ball. So <laughs> if funny. there was a way, if there was a way that I could get ski ball in this house, I would be good to go for the rest of my marriage. These are awesome. awesome. So, <clears throat> yeah, good sight, man. 
All right, my pick of the week, super duper quick, but very, very relevant. Um, one of my friends has started a business selling her art, and she's amazing. She's been super supportive of me and everything I've done. She's ordered stuff from me. She's promoted my stuff. She's been a damn good friend, and I just want to give her a little boost. So my friend Marion started um, Creative Ward Gallery, oh, yeah. and I'm going to link up to her Instagram. I'm going to link up to her Instagram in the uh, show notes, but she does really cool paintings, like does them, and they're for sale i mean she's just trying to make it as an artist so if you uh find if you find the need for some new wall decor i just ordered a piece from her actually the one she did on the black canvas with the purple sky that was me i ordered that so the one that when it said sold that's because i bought it so i put my money where my mouth is and when my friends do cool things i pay money for them so yeah marion ward uh creative ward gallery that's my thing of the week it was the easiest thing of the week and also Frankly, she's one of the coolest people I know, and I really appreciate that I've gotten to know her over the last couple of weeks, and she's been super supportive of me, so this is my little chance to be super supportive of her. So That's there you awesome. go. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for this week. Dave, thanks for coming by. Oh, it's always my pleasure. Oh, where can we? Uh, where can our fine listeners... I mean, I swear, if you've been listening long enough and you don't know where to find Dave by now, for God's sake, man, pay better attention. But <laughs> we're going to do you a solid. We're going to tell you anyway, just in case. So, Dave, where are the many, many places people can find you? Um, my website is just G-O-O-G-L-E dot com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Google spelled his <laughs> yeah, last I dare name. You. I dare XO, you. XO. Actually, up, yeah, yeah. up, down, up, down. <laughs> left, right, left, right. And an umlaut. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> five tildes in a semicolon. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's there's basically three main places that you can find uh, everything I do. One being aicpod.com. That's my podcast, Adventures in Creativity. It has all my social media linked up there. Um, Digitalsouppodcast.com. That's the other show I do. Uh, you'll find us there as well as how to listen to that. And then all of my photo work and my own creative stuff. Uh, you'll find that at usuallydave.com. And that's where you're going to see, you know, stories and, you know, kind of photo essays, sharing photos. And of course, all my social media, Instagram, I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter. That's pretty much where I hang out. I, I really don't care for mm-hmm. Facebook, but you can find me there. They've all got their own, um, what do you call it? profiles, I guess, for, for each of the things, the two different shows and my photo work. So I'm, I'm all over the place. Cool, and we we appreciate you coming on tremendously. Uh, that's my pleasure. Um, that means the next one is number seventy five. Yeah, don't talk to us until. Hold it in for twenty five. You're on. Now leave us alone. It's hard to believe that we space these out half a year apart. Like it's, <laughs> I know. It's like wow, we go twenty five weeks without having Dave on the show. Well, so now it's kind of weird Dave's- too that it's <coughs> it's the quarterly update because we're doing it on the twenty fives, but it ends up being biannually. Half a year. <laughs> You know, it's every a quarterly six update months. that occurs twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it Go to ahead, me. Understand that one. I I dare you to explain that one to somebody else. I dare you? Or how about explain how episode fifty isn't our is past our one year anniversary by three weeks? Go ahead. Go ahead. We have a no. We have any, any number of them. Any number of dumb things we've done with the numbering of this show. Let's there's do a, it. There's some conspiracy theory. I think. You know, there probably it, it was is. aliens. It probably involves planes. Uh, yeah, definitely I aliens. Was, I'm thinking it's all those files that the Pentagon released. <laughs> yeah. 
that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for checking in with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your reviews, even if they're not great. But as long as you give us five stars, who gives a damn what you write? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I'm not. I swear I'm not bitter about this, but I'm genuinely <laughs> curious. So please, person who wrote that review, pop in. Tell us what the hell you were talking about so we can be better at it. Because that's really, honestly, that's the goal. It's to just put out the best podcast possible. And we, we do appreciate feedback, good or bad first bad piece we ever got so i really want to nip this thing in the bud ethan i uh, i don't want this to become a habit for people have a great week everybody we will be back again next week talk to you then take care guys